<laughs> okay. All right, Rowan. So um, I told you when it happened last week how I fell down the stairs. What? No. Did I Tracy? not? Tracy. <laughs> Did I not? No. Whoops. It was the day before my friend's wedding. Um, I assumed I texted you about it. But I guess through the chaos of the wedding, I did not. So anyway, I <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so okay, so I I got up in the morning as usual, went to the stairs. Um, everyone in my life keeps thinking it was Malcolm that tripped me. Absolutely no. not. He was happily waiting at the base of the stairs. He had nothing to do with this. Uh, I just <laughs> slipped. I just slipped, and on my butt and my back hit every stair on the way down. Knocked the wind completely out of me. Oh no. And then just laid there questioning my life for a while. Um, all that to say is you can't make me laugh too hard because it still hurts. Um, no, so. I hate that because I want to bring you joy, but I don't want to bring <laughs> you painful joy. You know what? I take it back. You can make me laugh as hard as you want. I miss recording with you. I miss this so much. I'm so glad to be back. It Every time we like go away for a second, we act as if we haven't talked to each other constantly the whole time. <laughs> But it's not the same. Well, like like me, just genuinely not believing I didn't text you as soon as I fell down the stairs. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you a story that's gonna make you feel so so vilified. Um, vilified. Vilified? Nope, that's not the word. Listen, once I tell you this story, you're gonna understand why I can't words. Okay. 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 I got takeout. I'm throwing everything away. I did that, you know, like slam dunk into the trash can, and mm-hmm. you know, I didn't make it. Of course, what was I thinking? So then I have to go pick up the bag or whatever that I threw out. I lean over and I knocked my head so hard on the wall that I saw stars. There is a bruise on my face (laughs) hidden by my eyebrow. (laughs) Oh my. Such (laughs) messes. Okay, but tell me, tell me if you do this too, because I hit my head on the wall and then I leaned my head against the wall, gathering myself, and I went, "Don't do this to me." To the wall, I was like, "I need you to stop." <laughs> I just laid on the stairs. I actually tried to shout for Jamie, but I had knocked all the wind out of myself. Oh no! So I kind of just laid there for a second. And then she came and 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 walked me to the couch, and I was fine. Oh. Uh, but th- then I had to jump on a-, a work call immediately afterwards with my boss and my boss's boss and pretend oh. that I was just totally fine. Oh. I had no idea. It was the best performance of my life. Yeah, I feel like when you're as clumsy as we are, you have a lot of practice being super fine when physically you are not in any way fine. <laughs> Your story reminds me of a time in college someone told me they once sneeze so hard they slammed their face into their <laughs> desk. Are you kidding me? No, I think about that all the time, Rowan. I think it's the funniest thing I've ever heard. Once in college, I was leaving my dorm in a rush. I was late for class. And in in my college, if you were late for class, you didn't get to go to class. It was a whole thing. So Mm. I'm running late. It was my dorm in New York City. So the doors were steel doors. Oh, my God. And I slammed my finger in it so hard that my fingernail cracked. Oh, my God. And I couldn't be late for class because that's who I am, I guess. And so I just grabbed an, a water bottle from the fridge in my mini fridge and walked to class holding this cold water bottle. Oh, my God. That's very you. <laughs> I believe that 100%. <laughs> 
You're very Gosh, dedicated. Do you think everyone missed us and our stupid physical antics? This is a clown show. It's a clown podcast where we do clumsy things that you can't see. <sighs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I missed everyone. I, it's curious because it is an audio format. So people, I mean, people who know us on TikTok and, and you know, Discord <laughs> and all that know what we look like. I would say because we talk about having been in theater so much and you know, you went to a conservatory and all this stuff, we seem like we'd probably be fairly graceful people. No. And we are the two most accident-prone people I know. Like, bar none. You and me. The most – I mean, you more than anyone I know, to be completely honest. <laughs> you have fallen downstairs. The reason I thought I texted you and I fell down the stairs is you have done that multiple times and caused yourself significant damage. Yeah, the story that Tracy is kindly skirting around is that I fell down three, exactly three stairs, and I messed myself up for a whole year. So, um, yeah. No, okay, so I went to college with a bunch of dancers, and dancers say this all the time, and it is so true. They are clumsy until they are on stage. Mm-hmm. Yes. Actually, so, that's true. The dancers that I know in college, same thing. Since this is our medium, you and I are clumsy until we sit in our chairs and we podcast. <laughs> it's safe. We're secure. <laughs> Hi, I'm Rowan Hall. Hi, I'm Tracy Harrison. And this is Willing and Fable, the podcast that brings you original retellings and in-depth research on the history, mystery, and mythology that makes the world so fascinating. <laughs> And if you, dear listener, would like to support us, you can write to us. Mm. You're about to hear an entire episode that was dedicated to how much we love to hear from our listeners, both via email and through letters. Because Ooh. we have a P.O. box now. We do. We got a letter. We got a couple of them. Um, we got another – we got the letter from Jerbear. Thank you. And then uh, Katie also sent us a really thoughtful postcard. Okay, quick deviation. Everybody needs to know this. Tracy is in charge of the snail mail. She yes. works directly with the Pony Express on behalf of Willing and Fable. And I, for the most part, deal with the email. I would say about 90% of the emails, yes. The irony of this is that Tracy knows how to work a computer better than I do. Um, and and I, you know how to work... Um, physical mail way better than I do. I'm so good with mailboxes. You just put the little flag up, you put it down. You're good at sending packages via post offices too. It intimidates me. What size box do I get? How, how do I ask them to do things? They always are... The, the people at my post office though are so nice. I think the post office near where you and I grew up, everyone was really mean and that made me think all post office workers were really mean. And the people at my post office now are so nice. You guys... Get yourself a best friend who not only hypes you up about your ability to send mail, but then also talks about the local lovely postal workers with the respect they deserve. Guys, let's hear it for Tracy Harrison. Oh my god. Get yourself a best friend who finds the coolest ways to compliment you. You always come out swinging and I love it. We've been apart for two weeks. Oh, back to the intro. <laughs> right. <laughs> you can also support Willing and Fable by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash Fable. Jennifer S. did that. Hey, hi, Jennifer. Thank you so much. 
you are a reason that this season of the podcast was even able to happen at all. You could also sport our fabulous new merch. It's found at willingandfable.com. And actually, the Julie Dobney infographic poster was created based on a listener request. Or you can spend the night at your mahogany desk, writing down the story of your miraculous adventures and beautiful calligraphy until your candle burns itself out and your house ghost says it's time for bed. But no matter what you do, we appreciate you. <laughs> it's listener legend episode, baby. We've been asking for everyone to send them in. And I feel like this is the perfect post-Halloween, post-mini-hiatus welcome back. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's just a love letter to everyone who interacts with this podcast with us. Would you say this is a love snail mail or a love email? <laughs> <laughs> Given that it's going to take a little while to get to everyone, I'll say a love snail mail. <laughs> this is our love snail mail to you. The other thing I think that everyone should know is the setup is different right now. I am in a new townhouse, so I'm sitting at a gosh darn computer looking at Tracy's gosh darn face. And I feel like it's it's changing the energy. There's a lot more smiles happening on my end. Yeah, I didn't realize you couldn't see my face when we were recording before. I could see your face. It's just, you know, you were little. You were so little. Yeah, well, now well, I am little. I'm very little. Travel size. You are little, but your face was was the upsettingly small size Snickers rather than the proper Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Full size candy bar. You have not squeezed yourself into a closet. You're in your own office. Mm-hmm. Which is all guys, it's all Rowan's ever wanted is her own office. It's truly I feel that I have arrived. I don't know where it is I have arrived. I guess it's my office. I've arrived at my office. This is adulthood. <laughs> Although once we started recording, I instantly had the like, oh, I don't know how to sit in a chair. How do I, what do I, I, I it, uh, uh, like blue screened out, even though I stream from this location multiple times a week. I've been sitting in chairs for my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> We've established already that we're so clumsy, though, that we could be sitting in a chair and then, oops, out of it, fell over. Nope, this is our safe space. We're podcasting. We're graceful now. That's right. We're graceful now. <laughs> Speaking of which, graceful transition. Ooh. As you all know, we love Greenleaf Geek. We rave about Leah's work all the time. Yes. Greenleaf Geek has been a huge sponsor of Willing and Fable. I was shopping around the site because... <laughs> Well, okay, let's be honest. I was trying to be a responsible adult and get kind of like the jump on Christmas shopping. Yep. And I realized that we haven't really talked about it that much on the pod, but Leah's gaming accessories are so well curated. She has this big dice case that actually keeps all the little dice individually separated and protected, which I love because then oh, the yeah. dice can't like bonk each other and break. Yeah, I mean, I, I need that because I am not, I'm not gentle with my dice, and I travel around to play D and D a lot. Now that things are opening up, I go to my friends' houses, and I need, I, I, I like a dice case that keeps the dice separated, because otherwise they all get mishmashed together, and I can't find anything. And I am that purist who picks specific dice for specific roles. 
So if they're color separated, that helps my brain out a little mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually thinking of, I guess you need to plug your ears and probably so does Kaylee, who I know is listening. I'm thinking of getting the RPG health tracker as the official stocking stuffer this year because mm. it's little, it's pocket sized. <laughs> I'm so bad at keeping track of the health of my characters because I get I get into the game. I'm laughing. I'm giggling. Yep. And I don't want to math. I don't want to write. And I feel like that's that's the move this year. I love that. I think that's a great move. So if you want to make the same move, you can shop Greenleaf Geek's amazing gaming gear at greenleafgeek.com. And you can use the coupon code FABLE, that's F-A-B-L-E, for 10% off your order. Some restrictions apply. And don't forget to follow Greenleaf Geek on Instagram and Twitter. Before we go any further, just a heads up to everyone, I pretty much curated this episode for Tracy. I I did this <laughs> with Tracy's happiness in mind because I often get the jump on seeing the emails, so I started pulling the listener legends and I put them in order, Tracy, that I hope you find uh invigorating, uh, exciting, um, mysterious, entertaining. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. (laughs) I I have not read any of these. These are all going to be a complete surprise to me. I am very excited to see what people have sent in. And as a heads up, this episode includes ghost stories with some untimely passing and a death by suicide. So listener discretion is, as always, advised. Tracy, Leah... Greenleaf Geeklia, who we just yes. raved about, she actually submitted a listener legend on our website without even giving us a heads up that she was doing it. Of course she did. I had no idea that I would even be able to pull one from her. I like I found this and I read it ages ago. And then I circled back when I was arranging this episode and I went, oh wait, hold on. <laughs> I know her. <laughs> So we're going to start off strong. We're going to start off with a story from Leah. I uh, channel channel her coolness, Trace, and, and good luck. Okay. All right. Oh, God. That's such a tall order, but I'll try. This listener legend is titled Ghost Dice? Question mark, question mark. <laughs> I've always been sort of open to the idea of ghosts and spirits, but never had any experiences with spooky happenings or unexplained phenomena. I've lived in a 200-plus-year-old house for 11 years with nary a flickering light bulb in sight. When I rented my work studio last October, the thought briefly crossed my mind that it could be haunted. The building is about 240 years old, and the floor where my studio sits used to be hay storage for horses before the city built up the downtown around it. But since then, I've spent many, many late evenings there working. A one-woman business owner's work is literally never done. And I've not seen hide nor hair of anything remotely supernatural. I've been keeping an eye out for it, but nothing spoopy has ever materialized. That is, until one Tuesday evening in August of this year. I had a big batch of orders that needed packing so they could get picked up Thursday morning for the shipper, And since I was heading out to spend 24 hours with my best friend out of town, I had to work till it was done. I put the kids to bed and got to the studio at 8.30 p.m. I was the only one in the building. I know this because I had to disarm the alarm when I entered, 
I had some dice to ink, things to print, labels to affix, and boxes to set up. I was sitting at my packing station, which means my back was to the rest of the studio as I worked. About 45 minutes into my evening's work, I heard something behind me. It was perfectly distinctive, something I've heard countless times, both working as a dice maker and as a TTRPG player who's terrible at keeping dice on the table. A plastic object either dropped or was tossed, hit the ground, and bounced twice as it rolled. It came to a stop under my chair. I'm covered in goosebumps as I write this. Except here's the thing. There was nothing under my chair. I turned around, looking for what might have fallen or what knocked it. Nothing had moved or shifted. I searched the floor of the whole studio, looking for what could have rolled, and naturally I assumed it'd die, but there were none on the floor. Not one but I know I heard it. It was such a distinct clacking, rolling, coming to a stop under where I sat in an otherwise silent room. I was so freaked out. I considered saying something out loud about how the ghost was welcome, if they didn't mean any harm, or how they should leave. But I couldn't form the words. After several minutes of searching to make 100% sure there was nothing on the floor to be found, I got back to work. I was there until 11pm and nothing else spooky happened. But friends, I'm convinced there was something there that night. I hope it's friendly. <gasps> oh god, the idea of being alone and hearing that. Because it is such a distinct sound, and I'm sure she, more than most, knows what that sounds like, and to be able to identify where it fell and then not find anything. Oh. What if, instead of a ghost, it's just past or future or different timeline Leah also working and having oh dropped something, and then they intersect it for just the briefest of moments? I think about that all the time. Yeah? The whole glitch in the Matrix thing, the whole... Different timelines crossing, yeah. Do you think that you've ever run into yourself? Because I love those stories where people think that they see themselves. Ooh, no, I haven't had that experience. But that would be cool. All right, guys, if anyone's had that happen, I'm going to need that story stat. Yeah, or any glitch in the Matrix story or weird timeline crossing things i i go down rabbit holes of subreddits on this kind of stuff do you think deja vu is a glitch in the matrix i'm torn i don't know because there's the whole scientific explanation of your brain processing things out of order but also that's just never sat right with me oh thank goodness some i was worried you were gonna go way too science on me and i get it both i want both i get it i, I want, want both. both i want both <laughs> Although sometimes I dream things and then they happen later. Yes, I've had that too. And I've, heard, I've talked to a lot of people who've had that. And it's never something exciting. It's always I dream something mundane. Mm -hmm. Like the boring portion of the dream is then what happens. Yes. Like I'm at a gas station and someone says a specific phrase. Yes. Mm -hmm. oh, okay. This story is from Lori C., and it's called Be Polite to Your Poltergeist. Ooh, okay. Ooh, ooh, this will be good. I worked at a school. 
It was a large and imposing yet stately brick building in a small town tucked in a quaint little valley. While the laughter and arguments of teenagers echoed through the buildings, rumor had it that was not the only thing floating through the halls. Two headmasters had died in their office while sitting at the same desk. Another's daughter, who often played at the school, passed to some now curable disease. And if you were to look out of my office window, you would be gazing upon the lovely cemetery that had been there since before the Civil War. There were always stories. A pair of shoes in the attic that never gathered dust. A face in the window of an empty stairwell. Mm. Keys jingling in a darkened hallway. While I have always believed in ghosts, I hadn't heard or seen anything that I would attribute to the supernatural instead of outdated infrastructure. So, when one day, as I was sitting at my desk working, and the lights started to flicker on and off, I rolled my eyes at the ancient wiring and returned to my computer screen. The flickering continued, and continued, and continued. Finally, I looked up from my screen and sighed, Would you please stop? The lights turned off. And they stayed off. I paused wide-eyed in the dark, with the stories of hauntings in my mind, I asked, Could you please leave them on? The lights flicked back on. I was a bit taken aback, but as I've always thought it is good policy to be polite, I thanked them with a smile before resuming my work. For the duration of my time there, the lights would occasionally flick on and off for a moment. I would smirk and say, hello, and be left to do my job in peace. My job? dropped it did it really did <laughs> the idea of that clear of a like response to the things you're saying oh my god i would be so freaked out and running out of the room but it sounds like you handled it great yeah the poise you have the same poise though you would you would have the same reaction you're you're someone who's just casually talking to ghosts and then continuing about what you need to do well it's like, you know, a horse, like a big animal, a bigger, badder thing. You just have to be so fine because as soon as you're not fine, you're going to be very not fine. Like, yes. first of all, they've seen your weakness. And second of all, panic begets panic, right? You know, you, you start the screaming and then when are you going to stop? <laughs> That's my entire existence. I've started <laughs> the screaming. When am I going to stop? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I feel like if a ghost is picking on you, you just got to be like, excuse me, kind sir. Like a toddler. Oh, my God. It's just like a toddler. It's like a toddler. You know how you have to talk to them in a normal adult voice? Mm-hmm. I hate people that speak to kids with baby talk. It's an effort not to do that both to my nephews and my dog. Because you want to be like, you're so cute. Especially my dog. I just want to, you're so cute. And I'm like, no, I can't talk to him in a high-pitched voice because then normal voices are going to freak him out. Right. But I, I do love talking to children like they're adults, like shaking their hand, like, hello, how are you doing today? Just freaking them out. <laughs> how was your day at the office? Oh, it's so funny. It's so funny. Oh, my dad does this thing where he'll shake my nephew's hands and just keep shaking it and shaking it and shaking it and shaking it. He's like, when are you going to stop? Why are you shaking my hand so much? What's going on? How you, and he'll just be like, how are you doing? What's going on? How, what's it, how's your day? Was That's it office? so cute. Shaking and shaking and shaking and shaking their hand. Their whole arm is jiggling. They're laughing. It's so cute. I just really – when babies are babies, like still not even focusing their eyes yet, I just mm -hmm. love asking them about all the secrets of the universe. I always kind of think like probably this is the moment, right? You know everything there is to know and once your eyes start to focus, it's gone. 
that is my other favorite rabbit hole to go down is stories of people whose kids talk about their past lives. Oh, I love that. Listen, everyone went through that phase when we were in middle school where they were like, I'm reincarnated from someone on the Titanic. And of course, the person from the Titanic was always a first class passenger. So shut up. Also, did everyone or was that just us? Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. I went into that so confidently, like everyone. I'm not I'm not entirely convinced that was as universal an experience as we might think it is. Oh, I really was so confident that everyone encountered that. Please write in and tell us if you did or even if you didn't and you're like, these two girls are so weird. I do just remember even as a child being like, Becky, you are not the reincarnation of the unsinkable Molly Brown. I'm pretty sure I very confidently said that I was from ancient Egypt. Oh, Like as a six, oh no, as a, I don't know, let's say 12 year old who had watched the mummy one too many times it was so earnest though oh it was it was the way that a kid only a kid can be that earnest about something like that and believe it right yeah i just i i feel like perhaps if anxiety is the lead paint that is poisoning us and keeping us from the really good victorian wallpaper that's hidden underneath like if we can just chip away at that we could get to the cool past life that we can't remember because we're now adults that have to pay taxes Hmm. i'm sure there's a whole i mean i have i've fallen down the rabbit hole of, of talking about like ways to connect with your past selves ways to you know all those things but uh i am a person with so much anxiety that like even meditating and all of that it's just it's a lot of work I uh, I fell down the rabbit hole the other day on TikTok of trying to move things by using your shadow to move the shadow of the other thing, and then that would move the physical object. Huh. I That is a very specific rabbit hole. I'm not judging. I just have never heard that before. I could spend three hours trying to move something shadow with my shadow now. It was so entertaining. <laughs> I fell down the rabbit hole of spirit guides one day and just how to connect with your spirit guide, how to listen to them, all of that. I find it hard to believe that a spirit guide would be that invested in my life. From the, I don't know, let's say 25 TikToks I watched on this. Probably (laughs) a lot more than that. But yeah. You're an expert now, a scholar. I'm a scholar. Look at her. She's learned. Um, Me after I read a book, but it's really just about fairies. So <laughs> I, I'm like sitting here. Okay, it's slight tangent. I've read like I don't know 15 plus books this year so far, and I'm like, oh, I'm so smart. I'm like most of those were historical romance and fantasy and fairy books. So, well, apparently reading fiction helps your ability to decipher nonverbal social cues, and it makes uh, interpersonal relationships stronger. Oh, love this for me. That's great. Okay, so back to the spirit guides thing. From what I understand, it's usually someone connected to you. So someone who in, you know, family related to you or uh, – and it, like it rotates. It's multiple people. There's a lot of them connected with you. So it's not like one person's just at your side your whole life. It's like different people, different ancestors, all that stuff. I don't fully understand it, but I think it's cool. And like I like the idea of someone who's going to like have a butterfly fly in front of me to show me what to do. 
I just don't have main character energy about this. I'm sitting here going, you're telling me there's a cast of characters who are just ready at any moment to drop a crayon in my path so that I can learn something. Absolutely not. Rowan, I know you in real life. There are people in real life who would do that for you. Where are the crayons, man? <laughs> there are a cast of characters who would happily do that for you. <laughs> Me included. Like, front of the pack. What if we're people's spirit guides and we don't even know? See, this is, you can just keep going with it. I love it, though. I love it. I do love the stories of people being dead and they don't know it. Mm-hmm. Peak ghost story. I almost was going to be like, like Sixth Sense. Oh, Tracy, don't spoil that movie. As <laughs> if. <laughs> that movie is definitely in the realm of if you haven't seen it yet, it's your own darn fault. Yeah. Yeah. I. <laughs> that, that recent movie, Sixth Sense. All right. Are you ready for another ghost story? It's a ghost story. I promise. Okay. This one is from Amy, and it was an email, so there's no title, but I'm calling it Emily's Bridge because I see those words in quotations. Hi, Tracy and Rowan. Normally, I don't write in for things, but I'm currently filled with the power of pumpkin spice. So here's my <laughs> listener legend. I love that for you, Amy. Not all covered bridges are romantic. We have a bridge in our town, Stowe, Vermont, called the Goldbrook Covered Bridge but we all call it Emily's Bridge. It was built in 1844 and is only 50 feet long, but is haunted by a woman scorned. You know how all the old stories are. Poor Emily made a date to meet her lover to run away and marry. But when he didn't show up, the jilted and furious girl hung herself in a fit of rage. Everyone here knows that if you drive across the bridge at night, that you may find mysterious scratches along the length of your car afterwards. Ah, oh, rude. Or you may hear stomping footsteps on the roof of your car. There have been reports of wailing and screaming as well. I say, let it go, girl. Find yourself a foxy ghost boy and upgrade. But until that happens, please put this site on your tour and come here for a spooktacular visit. Have a bridge seance from Amy. Oh, I want a bridge seance. I could do a bridge seance. We could do that. We'd probably get run over by a car. Actually, okay, here's the thing, though. We could so do that. When I saw this, I was obsessed with this ghost story when I was a kid. I don't think people who... We have a similar one in our town. Yes. Okay. So I, I also don't think people who don't live on the East Coast will understand like how interconnected East Coast states can be. Mm -hmm. And there are all those ghost story books that are compilations of stories like the most haunted places. And they oh, yes. Yeah, I had all of them. Right. Okay. So I had one or you had one. I don't know. Emily's Bridge was in one of them. And Stowe, Vermont is a really popular skiing location. Mm -hmm. I visited it. And I remember making my parents stop at that bridge while we were on a trip. That is so you. That's so you. What was it like? Was it cool? Was it spooky? Was it? It's just a covered bridge. <laughs> oh, there's one really close. There's a covered bridge really close to my parents' house that I always take people to. But it's just a cute little covered bridge. Right. And I, I mean, we weren't there at night and my parents were very cool about it. And I was so excited to be at a place that I'd read about in a book, you know? Mm -hmm, and it's mm – -hmm. and even though 
I mean, objective. I live in California now, so the state is vast, but Vermont isn't that far from Pennsylvania, really. And going to a (laughs) tourist town isn't that shocking. But I remember being like, oh, my gosh, we are in this place ghost hunting right now. I am the main character. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Young you even knew that you have main character energy. It was – it's eerie, though. I feel like covered bridges are just eerie, full stop. Well, in Vermont, too. I mean, unless it's the middle of summer, there's either the trees are all autumn-colored or they're empty or they're growing their new buds slowly and it's a little bit colder than it is where we grew up. And there's just a different air. There's a different feel in the air for New England. I love Vermont. I have family in Vermont. So, Amy, thank you for writing in from Vermont. Yeah. And sparking that memory for Rowan. I'm about to boggle your brain, Tracy. This next story, it's from Spain. (gasps) Really? Irene P. wrote into us from Spain. Oh, my God. Thank you, Irene. Ah, we're international. Uh, So let me clarify. Canary Islands in Spain. Oh, my God. Beautiful. I know. It just gets better and better. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to sound aggressively American about it, but the fact that other humans who are not even on this continent listen to our words, Mm -hmm. pretty amazing. It's so cool. Um, CK from the Mirths and Monsters podcast wrote into us um, after Casey and I did the jack-o'-lantern episode to say he was really, really happy to hear me pronounce Sawin correctly. Oh, yeah. He sent that message on Instagram, <laughs> didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, in my head, I was like, well, we have one international listener and CK. But like, that's not the case. People have written to us from all over the world. It's just, it, it's so cool. I don't know. I geek out every time. I, I love all of our listeners and they can all come be part of our Willie and Fable family. It's true. We did just geek out about someone who I consider to be local. Vermont is local even though I live on the West Coast, and now we're going, Spain! (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so what did Irene write in? Okay, so I'm going to do my best with this. It's kind of a long one. Um, Please forgive me in advance for any mispronunciations that I might have. The story is called The Lover, the Cliff, and the Madness, The Legend of the Lover's Jump. Oh, all right. Once upon a time, in a small village in La Palma, it was right after the Conquista, the Spaniards had won their long bloody war against the native people from the Seven Islands. Most of them were either enslaved or killed, but some survived, and with them, their stories and customs. Some of them adopted by the now residents. One of them is called El Salto del Pastor, the Shepherd's Jump. A long cane is used for the shepherds to navigate the difficult terrain of the island, and it's very cool. Once, a young shepherd, poor but very brave, met the most beautiful woman he had ever seen in his life. She was the daughter of a merchant, and she was as beautiful as she was conceited. Her disdain for men knew no equal in the island. Driven by his passionate affections for her, the shepherd expressed his love for her many times with gifts, songs, attention. But once and again, he was rejected every single time. 
but he kept insisting that they were meant to be together. Some say it was with ill intention. Some others say she just wanted him to finally leave her alone. Some say that she had finally grown fond of the man, but she was too stubborn to admit her love for him, so she ended up telling him that she would only marry the bravest man in the island, and that if he really loved her, he would prove it to her and the whole village. He immediately knew what he should do. There was one test that only the bravest and most skilled men would attempt. He called the whole village and asked them to come to the highest cliff in Puntiana. Then he said boldly and proudly, Today, three times I'll put the end of my cane on the edge, and three times I'll jump around it until my feet land safely back on land. But I have no fear, because I'll put my life in the hands of the three women who give me the greatest love, and their love will support my weight. The whole town gasped in awe and fear. Even the most brave men would only try this jump once in their life, usually as a means to set a dispute. This was never heard of. He prepared, reached for the cliff, and yelled, For my beloved Virgin Mary! He jumped, spun, and for everyone's relief, landed safely. He jumped again. For my mum, he yelled, and he landed safely. Finally, for my beloved, who now has finally accepted to marry me, he jumped, and while he was in the air, the ground below his cane dropped, and with it he plunged the relentless waves down below. And so they found his dead body smashed against the coastal rocks. As the story goes, the girl, filled with sorrow and regret, cried for weeks, even months, and she went to the cliff every morning, and there she mourned disconsolate, slowly but surely losing her mind and her beauty, until she was nothing more than a crazy old lady. The end. <laughs> wow, that's such a cool story. So, Irene included a YouTube video that showed the shepherds. Mm-hmm jumping the way that they jump not around the edge of a cliff but the technique that they used and yeah this big cane was longer than the man was tall so long 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 pole almost mm -hmm. and watching the video you know when you see videos of people experts doing parkour you look at it and you're just going what is how have you defied the laws of gravity mm -hmm. how are all of your body parts moving in sync like this yes it, it yes. kind of made me think of that the way this man coordinated he would be standing on a high rock and he'd put the cane down and kind of use it to jump to the next high rock as oh, a pivot point okay I'm not describing it very well, but it's it's a very graceful means of locomotion. <laughs> yeah, it sounds really cool. And seeing that, it makes sense to me that then you would have this challenge, kind of this death-defying move if everyone is expert level at doing mm -hmm. that, basically, because they do it all the time. I do also love the idea of this girl being mean, and then she just becomes a crazy old lady. Oh, I love it. It's like no one was prettier or hated men more. It's like, I love you, girl. I get it. That's I, I'm with you. Like, I don't I like this girl. <laughs> like, I, 
She didn't tell him to do this thing. He came up with it. No, no. She just said the bravest. What? And yeah. There's got to be a trickier way to prove that you're the bravest. I don't know. I feel like there's brave in the way that it's like, I think the Odyssey where he like outsmarted everyone. And then there's just like himbo brave where you just, you, you know, you rush in first. Couldn't you be brave like you confessed your love most vulnerably? Like you put yourself yeah. on the line? Yeah, I mean, I think it's all in, you know, brave is in the eye of the beholder, you know? (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're back to ghost stories with this one. All right, this one's from Stephanie D. The title is Things Children Know. Oh, I'm already excited. (laughs) When I was nine years old, my parents were looking at buying a big old colonial style house. I still remember the exact layout of that house. From the outside, it was a cool-looking house, and I was very excited about the prospect of living there. When we were upstairs, however, I remember feeling very uncomfortable in the master bedroom and creeped out by the other bedroom. We returned to the main floor, and the realtor said, Let me show you the basement. The entrance was through a trap door in the kitchen floor. I looked down into that darkness, and I asked to wait upstairs. The dark coming from that hole felt sinister to my nine-year-old self. My parents loved the place and put in an offer, but their bid was not accepted. I remember feeling so relieved (laughs) I wouldn't have to live there. Fast forward 16 years. A coworker is telling me his girlfriend lives down south in a town called Canton. I brightly say, oh, we almost bought a house there when I was a kid. She might know it. I heard they turned it into a museum. A week later, he comes up to me and says, My girlfriend knows the house you were talking about. Everyone in town does. It's supposed to be haunted. I was very surprised to hear this, but suddenly my feelings about the place made sense. Oh, intuition every time. Oh, kids can tell. They know. They feel it. I feel like, how could the adults not tell? Some adults don't care or believe in that stuff or don't, or don't have, like, get the vibes, you know? What? I told you when we went to that house that was, I mentioned this on the podcast before, but it's, like, my favorite thing ever that my family stayed at the house that Neil, Neil Gaiman previously owned. Um, but Dork. I Listen, I'm such a dork. It was a gorgeous house. It was. I love it so much, though. <laughs> gorgeous, but it's from the 1840s, and there were certain times in that house I just got this feeling, like, ugh, like shivers up my spine. And my mother, who's like anti ghost, it's like didn't wasn't it wasn't in it at all, wasn't feeling it, wasn't getting the vibe. I feel like there are houses that have that vibe that's eerie, like there might be a ghost thing, but it's not aggressive or scare scary. You know, there's yeah. scary, and then there's wigged out. I guess. Yes. Yeah. This was definitely like there was nothing sinister about this house it was beautiful a beautiful old house one of those classic old 1800s townhouses Mm -hmm. so really narrow and tall and um it just had an energy that's all i can say it wasn't a bad energy it wasn't a good energy it just it, it the house itself was its own character i will say so we live in a new townhouse right now which means you know, we have the upstairs and the downstairs, but we do still share a wall because it's a townhouse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And our next door neighbors have children and they're lovely kids. They're not super, super young. 
they're so well behaved, but I, when I'm home alone in the evening, I sometimes hear noises that sound like they're happening in our house. Mm. And sometimes they're, they're the neighbors and sometimes I can't figure out if they are, but kids sounds are so different than adult sounds because they're not as heavy. They're not as sure. Well, they're more sporadic. Yes. And I seriously am like, kids, you're so great. You're doing awesome. But I need you to stop because I'm trying to figure out if my townhouse is haunted. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you brought your ghost with you. I invited my ghost along. But, uh, you know, there's a – listen, I happen to know for a fact that a really attractive young gentleman now lives where I used to live. And that ghost might be like, this person is nice and good looking. I'm staying here. <laughs> That's fair. That could very easily happen. Well, I guess we'll find out how attached to you specifically that ghost was. Right. You know those people that are so good looking that when you look at them, you're like, okay, stop it. <laughs> For well, real this time. Do you know how many of those people I know where I'm like, you are so unfairly good looking and kind and intelligent yeah. mm -hmm. and wonderful? Like you have it all. How? Like you're not like, you know, those people, you know, where you're, you're not even mad. You're not jealous. You're just like, excited you get to know them because they're just beautiful inside and out anyway i was just talking about someone like that a few days ago with friends of mine where we're like this person is as wonderful as they are beautiful and they're very much both things yeah or sometimes when people are so good looking that you just have to say it like just so you know objectively yes insanely good looking and i don't want to do anything with that information i just needed you to know that yeah needed you to hear it mm-hmm <laughs> <laughs> This next story email is actually two different stories from one person. Ooh, okay. And I really liked both of them, and I think they're going to make you smile. Okay, I'm excited. So this is from Neo, and their story title is Ghost and Bigfoots. So I'll read the first one, and then you get okay. to take over the second one. <laughs> the first of these stories starts when I was about three to five, and living in a definitely old, possibly haunted house. We didn't know much about this house's history when we moved in, and we didn't know much about the house's history when we moved out. It was early one morning, probably around 5.30, 6-ish, when I woke up. I sat up, and standing there, I saw a transparent, green figure mm. walking past the foot of my bed. The figure was definitely human and was very tall. Keep in mind, I was about five, and everything was tall to me. As soon as I finally realized what was happening, I jumped off of my bed and I ran to where my ghost friend had been walking. It was gone by the time that I got to the foot of my bed, but I like to think that it never really left me. I just recently told this story to my mom, who in turn told me our house was haunted. She was the only one to ever go in the basement, and she told me there was always something off. It seems to me like our ghost was never truly malicious and mostly left us alone. Anyways, it's nice to know that I had a ghost friend throughout childhood. I love the energy that they brought to this story mm -hmm. because it's so positive. Me as a kid, seeing that at the foot of my bed, under the covers, instantly. Under the covers, eyes closed, pretending nothing existed in the world. They ran to the foot of their bed to go find their new friend powerful incredible it is a very powerful choice i just like the idea of the two different basements 
we have the basement of the colonial museum haunted house and then Mm -hmm. we have this basement where only the mom ever goes everyone else says nope i don't need the cold root vegetables we're not doing laundry down there whatever it is you have going on absolutely not (laughs) yeah i'm i i would not be that mom i'd not (laughs) know put all the chores you don't want to do down there my my basement had to pass a vibe check when i got my house did you really specifically say to yourself, I'm going to vibe check the basement? Yes. There was a couple of houses I looked at where the basements were very creepy and all the laundry was down there, and I didn't like it. I mean, it didn't stop me from buying the houses, but it was a big factor in, no, that's not the one I, that's not the house I want. Your basement is finished and very much a part of the rest of the house. It's cozy and sweet. Yes. Yes, it is. The laundry room is unfinished, but it, it, not in a creepy way at all, which is... A requirement <laughs> for me. <laughs> I'm not a basement person. I'm an up high person. I'm currently recording this in the loft of my house. I'm I'm someone who likes to be up high. I I would choose a top floor versus a basement any any day. I have a very vivid memory of as a kid. I was hanging out with an older kid in my house. I don't remember who it was, but it definitely meant that they were the kid of my parents' friends. Clearly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we were in the basement and we saw something creepy. My basement in my parents' house used to be unfinished and kind of scary. Uh, mm-hmm. And we turned around and I was about to run. And the older kid said to me, you can't run or it'll start chasing you and get you. Mm-hmm. So you have to walk back quietly and calmly as if there's nothing oh there. God. And the that information lives in my brain rent free i think about it all the time i accidentally fell down the appalachia tiktok rabbit hole yes and apparently like not running and turning around away from things as if you didn't see it is a big part of dealing with some of the spookies from the appalachian woods i believe it i believe it that tracks so that's the move you just gotta never be scared cool man just be cool (laughs) It's it's the energy you bring to it. You always have brought that. I'm just I'm cool, man. I'm cool. We're cool. It's all good. Show no fear. <laughs> okay, this is their second story. A couple years ago, pre-pandemic, my friend and I decided it's time for a cryptid hunt. We live in a notoriously Bigfoot infested area. I'm not saying that there are multiple or just one Bigfoot, but there have been several sightings that everyone knows a friend who knows someone who's seen a real Bigfoot. Anyways, my friend lives in a very forested area, and we decided we were going cryptid hunting. Equipped with hiking boots, dried cranberries, and two iPhone 5 cameras, we set off. It wasn't our goal to capture our local Bigfoot. We just wanted to meet them, take a few pictures, you know, stuff you'd do with a celebrity. And I dare you to think of a bigger celebrity than Bigfoot. Unfortunately, we didn't find a Bigfoot on our big escapade. We did, however, make some pretty awesome memories and a dope cryptid hunting story. Jesus, did I write this? This sounds like me. I know. <laughs> we also saw a raccoon. <laughs> we also saw a raccoon eating a tomato out of a garbage can on our way back. So if that counts as a cryptid, maybe we were successful. <laughs> I, down to the cranberries, this could be a story about us. <laughs> Rowan used to have dried cranberries at like any party or event she hosted because I would just sit in the corner <laughs> and eat them. 
okay, you're not emphasizing it enough. So I had parties at my house growing up in high school, all the cast parties and stuff. And if you're thinking that there was alcohol or things were edgy or exciting, you're completely wrong because my parents would kindly get us the giant Chick-fil-A bite spread thing. Yep. And then we'd get a king-sized share for a year pack of pretzel M&Ms and everyone would demolish them. And then I would get the biggest possible bag of craisins, which are those ones that are the size of a small baby. Yeah. And then we would just hand that bowl to Tracy. Yes. And if people were mean to her, they couldn't have any. There were, it was a weird fixation I had in high school. Like I just – it, I think I just started associating them with having fun with you guys and, you know, having like part. I don't know. I just every party you always had them. And I always sat in the corner with my bowl of craisins. I wonder. God, that is so weird to say out loud. No, it's not. I wonder if that's why craisins and peanut butter is one of my comfort foods. Whenever I'm stressed or I'm hungry, but like I just can't deal with it at the moment. Mm-hmm. It also has a very upscale PB&J vibe. Did you just say upscale PB&J? Yeah, yeah, because it's not like you're spreading on, you know, peanut butter and deli and white toast. It's No, like... I'm not laughing because it's wrong. I'm laughing because it's so right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a little bit fancier than just jelly because it's craisins. Is a thing that I just said. Wow. I make these breakfast toasts that I think my mom and I call them harvest toast. I don't know why, but you just take like a whole wheat slice, you spread it with peanut butter, then you put granola nuts Mm. and craisins on top but it has to be warm so the peanut butter gets melty oh that sounds so good okay so i can't believe that we set this up so well tracy i'm sorry to make you read again but our last listener legend isn't actually a listener legend it's a listener recipe (gasps) ah oh oh okay And you're the only one of the two of us who follows recipes. (laughs) So. Okay. 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 I also want you to know that this person, I think they're writing us from Ireland. Really? Ireland. Oh, my God. Wow. We're getting really international. This is amazing. International, baby. Baby. (laughs) We did it. We've, we've, uh. We did it, folks. All right. Oh, yeah. It starts out It starts out with Irish. Okay. Yes, and I looked it up. I, re- I want you to know, Tracy, I researched for 45 minutes, and I found two options, and this is the best I have for you. Good luck reading it. Okay. So the two options Rowan has for me are Majin Maha or Majin Va. I heard most often Majin Va. Majin Va. But, but people say it so quick. English. Yeah. English is hard. This, this is next level. It is. It is. Okay. I'll stick with Majin Va because uh, that, that has a similar flow to like Slanjava. Yes. Slanjava. And apparently this is good morning in Irish, but yes. apparently it's also a translation of the phrase good morning in English and Actually, saying good morning in Irish isn't necessarily a thing. There are other greetings you would use. Okay. Again, 45 minutes of basically (laughs) subreddits. More Irish listeners, uh, please write in and tell us. I I think the Irish language is just so cool. I get very excited about all, like, 
learning about the basically learning about Celtic culture. Um, I get very excited about it. I won't go down a rabbit hole. Oh, absolutely. And I'm so embarrassed by how intimidating I find it in writing. Like I remember being in Ireland and all the street signs. I <laughs> my friends who were. Irish n- knew how much I enjoyed hearing the translations mm-hmm. because to my eyes, trying to make those same letters be English words, mm-hmm. it doesn't, it just doesn't match up. And it was so, we played the game of, hey, s- hey, foolish Americans, say what you how think you it say is that? and then I'll say it correctly. <laughs> um, my friend, my friend Becca would do that to me when we were in Sweden because she's fluent in Swedish mm-hmm. and she'd say... How do you think that? And I got to point where I got excited. She wasn't making fun of me or being goop. Like I was just oh, no. excited to try. Um, yeah, because because it is especially with with Irish words. Once you learn the patterns, it's a lot easier. But it's so counterintuitive to the way that our English words are written. Like it's a different alphabet. It's a different language. So it's just it feels like it should be more familiar than it is. And I think that's what trips a lot of Americans up. Exactly. That's the problem. You have that false familiarity. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm going to read this recipe from, from Lex. It wasn't until I moved to the beautiful island of Ida that I discovered the delicious and decadent winter drink that is Black Forest Hot Chocolate. For the past four winters, since I have moved here and discovered it, I have had to limit my indulgence of it or risk gaining more weight than should be legal. Have I sold it yet? Mm. Oh, (laughs) listen, hot chocolate, hot beverages all day, every day, no limits. Uh, No limits. And this is so exciting because we ask for people to tell us not peppermint winter drinks. I know. Oh, I'm so excited. Okay, so Lex says... That she included a recipe, and if we want to try it, we can then tell her how much we love or hate her later. Oh, my God. But you have to read her P.S. because it's the best <laughs> okay. part. P.S. I actually do identify as a witch when I don't tell people to refer to me by my title of goddess. Come on. <laughs> it's amazing. Okay, so here's the recipe. Black Forest Hot Chocolate. 250 milliliters of milk plus a little extra for mixing. One scoop of hot chocolate powder. 30 milliliters blackberry syrup, or approximately three squirts if you have a pump. Squirty cream, which for our American <laughs> listeners is, is canned whipped cream. <laughs> Cherry syrup, chocolate syrup, and chocolate flakes to decorate. Oh my god, I'm losing my mind. I'm the worst kind of person. I totally could have figured out how many cups or tablespoons or whatever are in the metric system and i didn't do that and i made you read squirty cream (laughs) (laughs) oh that just makes me think of i have a coworker who recently moved from australia and constantly apologizes to everyone for his australian accent which is extremely clear and easy to understand what and and there's been a couple of phrases like squirty cream where he we were talking about being able to see recently and he asked me if i was short-sighted or long-sighted which I knew immediately was nearsighted or farsighted. But right. A, a cowork- another coworker of mine was like, don't you mean? Um, <laughs> Do you think I people know. like that when they're trying to prove how smart they are realize that they are just proving that they're the least fun person in the room? 
Yeah. <laughs> I I felt bad because I was pausing to answer and it wasn't because I didn't understand what he asked. I just couldn't remember which one was which. <laughs> I never know which one is. Okay. So is nearsighted the one where you can see near? Yes. You okay. label it for what you can see. Okay. So I'm extrovert sighted, not introvert sighted. <laughs> I can perceive things in other people, but I have no idea what's going on in here. Amazing. Anyway, we got distracted from the recipe. So now no, that you no, have no, all of reading. your <laughs> now that you have all your ingredients, uh, this recipe, by the way, is from the website Next Day Coffee. So first you're gonna heat the milk to hot but not boiling. Steaming it with a milk frother will add to the authenticity of the drink, but popping the milk in the microwave for a couple minutes will be fine. While the milk is heating, mix the blackberry syrup, hot chocolate, and a drop of milk in a large mug. You want to make it a thick but easy-to-stir paste, so be sure that you don't leave any powder at the bottom. Add about half the hot milk to the mug and stir to combine. Using a whisk, it will make it extra frothy. Then top up with the rest of the milk, making sure to get the froth if you frothed it. Decorate with lashings of squirty cream and drizzle cherry or chocolate sauce. Crushing a chocolate flake bar will give you chocolate crumbs to sprinkle over top. I'm sorry. Can you read number four again, Tracy? <laughs> give me kudos for getting through that. I loved it. I think you just, I don't think the listeners heard you the first time. Uh, decorate with lashings of squirty cream. Lashings. Lashings. I, Rowan, I have peaked at getting through that the first try. There were other sentences that I messed up on. <laughs> That one I got through first try. <laughs> Lex, this was so delightful. Like, the amount of giggles that I got from reading the email the first time, mm -hmm. then sharing it with Tracy just now is worth it alone. I already have the website that Lex gave us linked under food and recipes on our website recommendations page so that oh, anyone goddess. who wants to can make it. I know it's not a listener legend, but I do think that this was a legendary listener moment. It's everything we asked for because it is a delicious, wonderful winter drink that isn't minty that I'm going to be making. I'm really intrigued by the fact that it is black forest hot chocolate, but instead of cherry, it's it's blackberry. blackberry. That's There is cherry syrup too. It's both. Right, but the blackberry is frankly brilliant. It's brilliant because I, I do like a good, like, raspberry, blackberry, chocolate moment. Right. Not all the time, but this this intrigues me. This really, really intrigues me. It feels like it would be warm and, oh, I want it. Ghosts to, to lashings of squirty cream, baby. <sighs> Y'all. <laughs> I do love a good homemade whipped cream, though. It's actually shockingly easy to make. So I would probably do this with some homemade whipped cream. Chantilly cream. Yeah. Isn't chantilly cream basically just whipped cream? It's whipped cream just with vanilla in it. Well, that's how I make whipped cream, so. So you make chantilly cream. Yeah. If anyone has an electric mixer, pour a cup of heavy cream into it, a spoonful of sugar, and a drop of vanilla, and whip it together, and you have delicious homemade whipped cream. I still can't figure out how to get the proper texture with a dairy-free version of that. I know you can buy it. I just, every time I try to make it, it doesn't go as well as I want it to. Right, because the heavy whipping cream will, it really makes a big difference. Oh my god. Heavy whipping cream is just a gift from the cows. It is. It's, ugh. I don't know if I told you this, but I found a gluten-free 
mug chocolate mix uh-huh. that I make with oat milk uh-huh. that is so good, Rowan. It's so good. You haven't told me this, and frankly, I am appalled, ma'am. Udi's, U-D-I-S. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, and it's their gluten-free chocolate mug cake mix. I take a couple of dark chocolate chips and sprinkle it on top after I put it in the mug and make it. I make it with oat milk. It is such a delightful old treat. I love it. I love it. I eat it over, like, gluten-full cake mixes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I got I got Rowan as she was taking a sip of her pumpkin spice. I know, I almost choked. I I know that I sound so LA saying this, but why is anyone drinking regular milk now that there's oat milk? It has its place, but I will admit that I have regular milk in my fridge, half and half in my fridge, and oat milk in my fridge. And the oat milk has significantly been used more than the other two. I really only use regular milk for cereal. And now I put oat milk in my coffee, so I haven't really been using the half and half. Tracy, objectively, for most people, I think that that would be too many milks. But knowing how much you like to bake, I think that that is just the right amount. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And Jamie has been making... Okay, guys, we'll post this recipe as well. (laughs) She has the World of Warcraft cookbook. And there are these spiced chocolate cookies that she makes that are so good and i will find a gluten and dairy free version of it for you Rowan, because they are warm because they have actual pepper like hot Mm -hmm. cayenne pepper Mm -hmm. in them yeah and chocolate but they're not you know me i'm not a big spicy super spicy food person they're just spicy enough to be really warm and then you just do some royal icing on top Mm. and it is incredible incredible it's amazing so she's been making a bunch of those recently this is Willing and Fable, the food podcast. <laughs> yeah, we've transitioned. We're a food podcast now. Oh, God. Could you imagine? That would be awful. I just – how does that even work? A food podcast? It's like the thing of food is like seeing it and tasting it. It's like an audio version is the worst way to experience food. I think you're supposed to bake along with them or something. I've never clearly listened to them. I mean, you know, everyone teach their own, do your thing, I think – Rowan and I have very different diets, so. (laughs) (laughs) I did the self-burn the other day of having a good face for podcasting, how we don't have to wear makeup. So I feel like maybe someone who might be inclined to have a cooking show but doesn't want to do all that rigmarole might be inclined to have a podcast. Plus, you could do all the ASMR of the whisking. Mm. I feel like you could do a binging with Babish moment, though, and just show your hands. I have no idea what you're talking about. Hey, Tracy, do you want to tell me something good? <laughs> okay. I thought so long and hard about this because we've been away for a couple weeks and a lot of things have happened in my life. And I was coming up with that blank. You know when someone's like, you get an assignment in, in school and you have to write something like, choose your own topic. And you're like, oh, great. I've never had a thought in my entire life. Yes, yes. That's sort of how I am with tell me something good. But I think I'll split it between two things. One being that uh, someone that Rowan and I have known for years since high school, and she was my college roommate, got married recently. So shout out to Lisa. Um, beautiful wedding. She was, she was my college roommate. I was a bridesmaid in the wedding. And her now husband is just so wonderful. Um, she's a very – Lisa's a very – 
bold person. And you know how when your friend is dating someone, you want to go to that person and be like, if you hurt them, right. I'm going to come after you. We were all joking. We're like, we had to pull Lisa inside and be like, your new husband is such a sweet person, Ryan, who listens to the podcast every week, by the way, Aww, and always tells me how much Ryan. he loves it. Um, so we, we were like, we were joking that we had to pull Lisa aside and be like, you can't hurt Ryan. He's too pure for this world. <laughs> My favorite part about seeing photos from Lisa's wedding is that in all the photos, of course, everyone looks like they're having a good time, but also no one in the bridal party looked uncomfortable or self-conscious because you yes. could all tell that they were in clothing that they felt really good in and that doesn't mm -hmm. always happen in weddings and i think that that makes such a difference everyone just was so clearly not focused on all the extras of tape and uncomfy shoes and she was the most relaxed bride my shoes fell apart the night before the wedding i was supposed to wear gold shoes and they were they, they were not going to work oh. and so i get to the venue the next day and i go up to lisa when she's getting ready and I said, is it okay if I have nude shoes instead of gold? And she goes, what do you think? I don't care. I'm just happy you're here. Uh, Lisa is the coolest. She's She was such a wonderful, calm, relaxed bride. We were all more nervous to walk out for the ceremony than she was. She was calming her bridesmaids down. I love I'm not her. kidding. <laughs> so that was wonderful. And then the other fun thing is that as of recording this, I'm about to go to a Halloween party because it is the day before Halloween. Fun fun peek behind the curtain for everyone uh look at me and rowan getting our stuff together right in advance look at us yeah <laughs> so we have to be a little even more in advance right now because tracy's coming out to visit me which is really exciting I'm so, so excited yeah it is a little peek behind the curtain actually do you want to talk halloween costumes really quick because yes that was my other something good was the halloween party that i'm going to is hosted by casey who everyone at this point is very familiar with right she loves a good theme, everyone. She <laughs> loves a good theme. So her theme this year was Ooh. dress as someone from a song. Oh. Yeah. So an example was, and she's, I think, not doing this, but originally she was going to do- Like you could be Jessie's girl? Could be Jessie's girl. She was going to be the girl with the short skirt and a long jacket. Um, <laughs> you could be, well, you could be basically, you could be the Grinch. I mean, musicals really open that exactly. up. Exactly. So I am dressing up as- Lucky from Britney Spears' <sighs> music video, Lucky. So I've got so the, the feather robe and the pink nightdress and a wig that I styled to have slightly kind of vintagey blonde waves. And I'm so excited. I got the big necklace. I'm doing the full Britney Spears moment. So expect to see pictures of that. That's really so fun. Do you know what anybody <laughs> else is going to be? Um, I know Jamie is dressing as Major Tom. Stop. Mm -hmm. She has a uh, an astronaut, a, a little astronaut helmet that she painted the Z Stardust Z on, and uh -huh. she has a T-shirt that just says Major Tom on it. <laughs> so I don't know anyone else though. So I'll report back. Uh, all I know is Casey asked to borrow my copy of Gideon the Ninth for her costume. I have no idea what that's for. Wow, interesting. Like an emo kid. Or something? Maybe, but why specifically that book, you know? I don't know. I'm thinking of the young boy from Welcome to the Black Parade. Oh. Ooh, maybe. Or um, the only thing that I can think of that I would be, if you were like, Rowan, get ready for this party, go, would be the Bloody Red Baron. Oh, that's so good. All I could think of was Jolene for some reason. Oh, classic. Yeah. 
So, so that's mine. What are you doing for Halloween? I had all of these plans to be something really specific, you know, mm-hmm, you get mm-hmm. a character from a book that you, if you're cool, you'll know, or right. not cool, you'll know. But I found this soft pink floaty, long sleevey dress, scarfy Ooh. skirt with a Ooh. little corsety waist. And I just went, I want to be a fairy. I just want to be. I love that. Full on. I'm going to cover myself in glitter. I bought just like fairy wings that, you know, you get at a Halloween store. Mm-hmm. And I have a flower crown and I got the little ears. And I just, I think I'm, maybe I should take it more seriously but i just want to be glittery and no that's perfect i love that goof (laughs) yes i love that that's such a fun indulgent moment of just be the fairy you wanted to be in seventh grade yeah so i have i'm really going all out i have body glitter i i want you to do crazy makeup i need you to send me that so we're going tonight we're going on a pub crawl which i'm I have to say I'm a little nervous about it. I don't know that that's really my speed, but I feel like mm-hmm. the wings will give me... They'll give you power. Yeah, they'll give me a kind of a personal space bubble. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, I am not as enthusiastic about alcohol as many people, but I'm really enthusiastic about ginger beer. So I am like more than happy to do this, I think, now that my wings are going to keep everyone away from me. Um, yes, yes. So I'm wearing it tonight, but then also I have a Halloween party tomorrow. And even though I have another costume option, I honestly think I'm just going to glitter it up again. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, and I got to tell you, Malcolm has his Halloween costume. Oh, is it the one that you posted a picture of? He's a little beanie baby. Yes. So daycare dressed him up as what I call a butterfly because it's basically a fairy princess dog dress that they just strapped around him he's not even in the armholes or anything right and then little antenna with bats on them mm-hmm. so he's like a little purple butterfly butterfly and then what i did is i got three of these so all three animals are gonna have these <gasps> they're like the little beanie baby tags uh-huh and so i have a i have a large medium and small so one oh. for malcolm otto and lola i like that you did that so much because okay i've met dogs that like to dress up i mm-hmm. Anthony, who people might know from Pixel Circus, his dog Dagger loves to be dressed. Mm-hmm. Like, but there, I find that so many dogs they don't want to be dressed. Why are you torturing your dog? And your costume, just putting that little beanie baby thing on them—it's so cute. And it, it's so cute. Ugh. And they don't mind it. And Otto's one of those that doesn't mind being dressed at all. And if you give Malcolm enough treats, he doesn't care. He did not care about the beanie baby thing at all because <laughs> I had a treat in my hand. <laughs> Lola's going to be the one that I'm going to have to put it on and take a picture and take it off. But Oh, you mean the cat? Shocker. <laughs> I feel like it is I feel like it is kind of a shocker given how chill she is, but that's the that's her line. Her line is I'm not interested in having things on me. Yeah. You know, we all have we all have that line. Seems so, fair. But for tomorrow with all the kids trick or treating in my neighborhood, Ro and I got six bags of candy cuz I'm so scared of running out. Uh Trace, I spent I went a little nuts. I got the full-on boxes of full-size candy bars because there are only five kids that live in my building. So I got them buckets. I'm doing little individual Halloween things for each of the kids. Tracy, you got to go hard on Halloween. Good. Good that you have so much candy. Like, that's the move. The kids in the neighborhood are going to love you. 
Oh, I mean, because I live in a townhouse community. So there's my neighborhood, which has a bajillion kids. And then there's like nine other neighborhoods within walking distance. Oh, I know. I lived in a townhouse for a hot second. That yeah. was the way to go. You, it is. Because you can just go around to all the spots and you know exactly. there's always the cul-de-sac that's the best cul-de-sac. Yeah. So I was like, I'm not running out. But I'm going to wear my red panda onesie that I wear basically every year so mm-hmm. that I can sit outside. Um, so that the dogs don't freak out with kids ringing the doorbell every 30 seconds. So I'll sit outside and chill and hang out and give kids candy. I'm so excited. I wanted to get a witch costume for no reason this year. I just wanted to. You and and Casey. Casey desperately wants a witch costume so she can be spooky, not scary. It just feels a little on the nose, really. It doesn't also feel like a costume. And I don't really want one of the cheap hats. I want one of the nice witch hats. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway, anyway, we it, it, also listen. Halloween is the best holiday. I always feel like October rushes by too quickly, but then I think about all of the times that I can and do dress up in costume. Normally, yes, <laughs> yes. Mm, you know, you know. <laughs> We're doing that soon when I come out to California. We're gonna have fun hanging out. <laughs> okay, so yes, ask me the question so that I can talk about this thing. Oh yeah. Okay, sorry, sorry. Oh my god, I can't believe I didn't do that. I'm so sorry, Rowan. Why don't you tell me something good? Okay, it's not actually you coming out to visit me. Nice try. Okay, so because <laughs> Tracy is coming Cruel. out to visit me, <laughs> we we have we have lots of work to do. And one of those things is a photo shoot. And so it's all been coming to my house and yes. <laughs> the the delivery drop off the other day, Trace, it had a skull. Yep. It had just accessories on accessories. Yes. Yes. So many. I sent you approximately like – I'm not even kidding. I think like 25 different accessories. Yeah. There's there's a couple crown options in there that I'm excited about. I'm hoping you utilize it for your fairy costume. No, I can't because I would be crushed if any of it gets messed up before the shoot. So? No. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I know the terror. Could you imagine if some drunk guy spilled his crappy beer on my beautiful flower crown? That's why I got like nine of each accessory. We're good. We can we can flex. (laughs) (laughs) So that was fun. It was like Christmas in October and everyone was like, oh, is that for your Halloween costume? I was like, no, that's for my job. Ha! (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited for this photo shoot. And then the other thing that I did this week because, you know, Halloween vibes over here. Um, We went to this show called Delusion Reaper's Remorse. Ooh. And it was a little bit out of the way. And it was immersive. And we paid for those VIP tickets. Mm-hmm. And you go into this mansion and it's like a soiree <gasps> kind of party. And they call you in at your certain time. And you have to go save these spirits from this house that's outside. Sometimes I sit and talk to you and I'm like, wow, it's really painful to watch someone live your dreams. (laughs) Tracy, someone crawled out of a grave. Crawled out of a grave. It was. Get yourself someone who will crawl out of a grave for you. Don't test me. <laughs> you would do it in a heartbeat. I would, I would do it. I was actually reading about how to break out of a coffin if you get buried by accident. Do you have any answers? Uh, yeah. Okay. So 
you hope that your coffin is a cheap crappy coffin because a lot of times the weight of the dirt will break the the lid of it because they're they're crummy but you don't want to scream because that'll make you panic and and you don't Mm -hmm. obviously want to light a candle so you take off your shirt and you tie it around your face and you break the roof of the coffin and you just keep digging and pushing the dirt down to your feet and the shirt helps you from suffocating Okay. And you basically have to zombie your way out of the grave. Okay. So this person did that. No, that is not what this person did. <laughs> but it's it, – okay. So it was fully immersive. Like one of the things you could do before you got into the full show, they had a little basement crawl space where there was a body buried and you could hear the ghosts talking oh. Oh when my you God. were down there. But you're in it. You're being led through – there, there, these bad things after you. At one point, someone in your group has to get a key and sneak past a ghost and put it in a piano to get the to let the other person escape because the ghost is making them continuously play piano. Oh my god! It okay. So I got this cool job at one point. We were in this kid's room, and this kid ghost kept making us read stories to it. And so, oh, I love that. Yes, and so the person who was leading us through who was kind of on our team uh picked me to read the story and when i tell you i was like i'm a podcaster i am so (laughs) ready for this thank you for asking (laughs) oh my god that's so funny i it was just like you said i was like cold read let's go let's do it let's cold read i got this the amount of times that i forget what i wrote by the time i'm reading it i know i'm nailing it i was like listen ghost kid this is the best story you're ever gonna get i know 500 people are reading this to you tonight but let's be here right now focus (laughs) (laughs) it was so fun um so yeah i just i love immersive theater i love I'm so jealous that you get to do stuff like that. That's so cool. I'm oh, I'm so excited to visit you. We're going to so many cool places. We're going to all the cool stores. Um, I'm very excited. I'm I've I've decided this. Oh, no okay. work. Okay, no cool. work. All play. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and okay, really quick in the VIP section of this thing, which was mm-hmm. so worth it. There was a close-up magician. I love magic. I love close-up magicians. It's so fun. And when people try to figure out, I'm like, no, stop. No. Yeah, don't tell me. I love – I just want – I'm in it to win it. I giggle. I'm enthusiastic. I'm sure I'm either the best or the worst person to have for a magician because – Probably the best. Probably the best. You want someone who's excited. Because I'm just wrapped in fascination. And that was just the little cherry on top. I could not stop giggling. Close-up magicians, man. They're so impressive because there's so many angles they have to think about. It's all skill and sleight of hand as opposed to like trick boxes or faraway things. And when people try to say that that's not magic, I'm like, what are you talking about? I can't think in that many dimensions while people no. are watching me and I'm performing. Stop it. It is magic. No, it's real. It's imp- it's super impressive. I think it's super cool. Oh, man, that's amazing. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. So, yeah, okay. This episode was basically... Just hanging out, hanging out with Willing and Fable. We, I realized that as a podcast listener, I'm I'm pretty passive member of communities. Like I just listen yeah, to podcasts. I'm the same. I, re- I I rate and review, but I'm pretty. Uh, that's all I interact. And but I do put on podcasts, and I feel. It, it, I feel excited to he- to hear about people because I. He- 
I hear from them all the time. You know, this is the person that I listen to on my commute. And I, mm-hmm. I, when they say good things are happening to them, I feel excited. And so when people write to us, I feel like it's the flip version of that. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, we get to interact with people around the world that we wouldn't otherwise get to know. I have started interacting with all the media that I love so much more after doing our podcast Mm, because mm -hmm. I've realized how much it means to me, you know, a quick message, a quick comment, someone who joins our Patreon. Like I've joined a bunch of Patreons and jumped in on Discords for a lot of the stuff that I support because I've realized how much it means to me because – I don't know. If someone's just listening and they just listen and they like the show and that's all, it's wonderful. It means the world, but you know, we don't actively know that. And so it kind of flipped a switch for me of I should tell the creators I like that I like what they're doing. Right. Yeah, I I am just on a tear right now about reviewing every single thing that I get mm-hmm. that can be reviewed. And I I, it's just it's just very kind when people take the time to write us, and I I'm sure it sounds like a broken record because anytime someone writes to us, I know I always say this, and I know Tracy does as well. But we're just so excited and grateful, and we yes. save the messages and yes, and read them again on less than ideal days. Like we we're just so giddy, and it's it's pretty uncool. Like we can't play it cool. <laughs> no, 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 no. And and nor do we ever try to. But I think that's what makes me really excited is how the more we show our authentic selves, the more people are coming out of the woodwork to say they feel the same way or they relate to it. Mm-hmm. And that feeling just blows my mind. It blows my mind when people say they feel like they're hanging out with their two friends. I'm like, I don't know. I can't I can't even put it into words to know that there are people out there like us who feel the same way, who think the same way. Because we grew up with each other. So a lot of the stuff that you and I talk about feels normal. Right. And so to just have those connections with other people all around the world, it when we call it the Willing and Fable family, we I mean we mean it. We're we're a little family, but we're not a cult. For legal reasons and tax purposes. For legal reasons and for tax purposes. There's also that <laughs> element we've been we've been doing this for a while now. I'm kidding. but because it's easy for us to talk and it's relaxing in Mm -hmm. there's always that worry that once it's translated into an episode that goes out into the world it won't be received with as much positivity and ease as when we create it and i think that that's something we experienced in the beginning and the more our community has grown and the more people have spoken to us that fear has been completely erased it's just an extension of the conversation, I feel like, every time an episode drops. That is something I'm so excited has happened where, like, Rowan and I have to remember to press record because the only difference between our regular conversations and the conversations you hear on this podcast yep. are that we are, have hit a record button. Yep. It, it is <laughs> – we've just gotten so comfortable with this and, and with all of you and it doesn't feel like – you know, when you first start – doing something like this you are so aware like i'm talking and it's to an audience and it's blah, blah. you can hear that in our first episodes and now it's just <laughs> literally it's hanging out with it's hanging out with friends like it's me and rowan and our friends hanging out the worst part is when we're at parties with our actual friends i go all right time for a smooth transition and tracy goes ooh. <laughs> 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 sorry i couldn't resist <laughs> 
she's the queen of smooth transitions. What can I say? I'm always impressed. There is the converse <laughs> of that, though, where when people that I know in real life reference our podcast, I'm like, what? Do you- Excuse me. That is my podcast. What? Do- oh, yeah. I I don't I, I can't help you with that. What? <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? That's you listen. To- yeah, I've gotten that a few times. Who? Because like. When I'm hiking, especially if I like, I'm, I hike with Lisa and Ryan all the time. Ryan will be like, "Oh, I, I like this thing was really cool in your last episode." I'm like, "That, but that's my podcast, and you, my, you're my like." I haven't reconciled that the people who love me in my life also support the thing that I do in my head. They're like separate worlds. It's very podcasting is is fun and strange and exciting, and I guess this is just a love letter to our listeners of like, thank you for supporting us and letting us do what we're doing. Now we're just gushing. Yeah, we are. We are. We are gushing a lot. And we love the listener legend episodes. So please keep sending them in. It's really fun for us to hear stories from you. Recipes, clearly. (laughs) Yes. Uh, And I, I, like the cryptid stories, I getting to hear people engaging with figures that we talk about on the podcast is so exciting. Just Send it in. We want to know. We love it. We, our email is willingitfable at gmail.com. Tracy also built us these amazing contact forms on willingandfable.com slash contact. And a last quick thank you to everyone who emailed in and uh, filled out the contact forms. Across the board, everyone pretty much just gave us their pronouns. And that was so kind. Thank you. It makes it mm-hmm. so easy for us to podcast and gush when we have all that useful information for grammar. So thank you. Yes. Yes, thank you for helping us with grammar. And thank you for joining us today. And remember, stories grow with the telling. So if you like what we do, tell a friend. Or tell a foe. And we'll see you soon, okay? Thank you so much for joining us for the Willing and Fable podcast. This episode was written and produced by Tracy Harrison and Rowan Hall. That's me. Our music was written and performed by Taylor Ash, and our logo is by Jamie Harrison. If you ever want to watch or read what we're reading, head over to willingandfable.com for our show notes and custom merch. Or find us at Willing and Fable on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok to join the discussion. We hope you'll rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast using your favorite listening source. And check out Willing and Fable on Patreon, where we have more than a few surprises for you, including custom artwork, stories, and access to our secret Discord channel. And of course, join us next time for another round of original retellings and in-depth research on the history, mystery, and mythology that makes the world so fascinating. Well, I have always believed in ghosts. Psst. <laughs> <laughs> Your idea of like a three second delayed S is so funny. <laughs>